Welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, the weekly show for nomads, work campers, RVers, and entrepreneurs looking to earn a living or build a business while enjoying the RV lifestyle. This week's host is Joshua Sheehan. Let's settle in and enjoy the RV Entrepreneur Podcast brought to you by RV Life. Welcome, friends, to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. If you missed the last episode, then I wanted to let you know that we brought on additional podcast hosts. So the next few episodes will be with other hosts from the RVE community. If you'd like to learn more about each of them, please jump back and listen to that episode. Today, we have the pleasure of talking with Nikki Kirk. I've been following Nikki for several years now and actually had the pleasure of hanging out with her in person at the RVE Roundtable earlier this fall. Nikki is a digital nomad who has traveled to 48 states in her RV since 2017. She has recently bought land and is beginning to build out a home base from the ground up. In June of 2017, she started her Amazon selling business from the RV. And in 2018, after seeing how successful and relatively easy it was to start up and run, she began to tell others through social media. In 2019, Nikki began creating dedicated YouTube videos to further help educate new sellers in the retail arbitrage model. Today, in addition to her Amazon business, she also runs a successful online teaching company called Your Selling Guide, which helps Amazon sellers in all aspects of their business so that they too can create and experience the freedoms and lifestyles that they want through selling on Amazon. Nikki is also the co-founder of the Digital Nomad and RV Magazine's Rootless Living and RV Today. With that, let's jump into the interview with Nikki. Well, Nikki, welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm excited to have you on today because I think the business that you've done over the few years you've been on the road and now that you're teaching other people to do is super exciting. Go ahead and give us a brief rundown, a little elevator pitch of who's Nikki Kirk and what are you doing? (laughs) Thank you for having me. I have been full-time RVing since 2017. Uh, My roommate, Damien Ross, and I took off out of LA. And at the time that I took off, I didn't have any job. I had quit my desk job. I worked at Belkin at the time. Was just kind of over that and excited to like hit the road. So I had some savings and was excited to not be working, but still needed to figure out what I was going to do. So that's where I took off from. And I had heard about selling on Amazon, which is what I do, doing retail arbitrage, and I can get into all of that. But I had heard about it before. So I kind of had an idea that I wanted to do that. I had also done affiliate marketing in my corporate life. And so I was like, oh, well, I can take on clients and do that. But that wasn't really anything that I, I didn't really want to work for anyone else. I just wanted to do my own thing. So I love to shop. And so that sounded awesome to just be able to sell on Amazon. So Currently, right now, I'm sitting in Oklahoma. So in 2021, we bought some land and so kind of been stationary traveling by plane this year, but still living in the RV. I don't recall if I asked Damien when he was on, whose idea was it to go RV full time? Oh, that is so funny you should ask because we don't actually know. I'm going to say it was him because he really watches a lot of YouTube. And so I think it was Gone with the Winds and KYD at the time who were kind of filming it. So I want to say it was him, but mostly we just wanted to like, we also watched a lot of Fixer Upper. And so we were like, oh, let's go to Texas. Look how cheap everything is there. And so that was kind <laughs> of our initial plan was to head to Texas. So we we both say we don't know, but I'm going to lean towards probably him. I It was really funny because I grew up camping, but tank camping, I absolutely hated. We had a camper, a truck camper, and it stank and I just hated it. And so I never actually had been in an RV. Like it wasn't for me. <laughs> And then, so from what I recall with Damien's interview, he was still doing a remote job when you guys left, but it sounds like you were working at Belkin and then you decided you're going to go on the road. Did you have another source of income lined up or was it kind of, 
I'm just going to jump into this and try out this yeah, yeah. retail arbitrage and see what happens. Yep. So I had no job. I had six months of savings. Um, he had a job that he worked for remotely. And so I had my saving. I think I was like $10,000 of savings, which would have been six months of my share of the RV expenses. And I ended up using some of that money to start my Amazon business doing retail arbitrage. And so I had bought a training and I was kind of sort of taking it. So we took off in June and I think I, my first shipment, I know my first shipment was end of August. So I took my sweet time going through that training. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Some people can go really quick, but I was like, just, we went to Utah. I'd never been to Utah. I was just kind of enjoying it. So when I finally was like, okay, like time to get serious about this, I was going out shopping. So what retail arbitrage is, is I literally go into stores like Walmart, TJ Maxx, Tuesday morning. If you're on the West Coast, grocery outlet, the rest of the country, Ollie's, these like discount stores that maybe you've shopped, maybe not, but they have all this inventory of stuff that is maybe it's old packaging or the brand doesn't make it anymore. And it all sells for more on Amazon. So I literally go buy stuff at Walmart, turn around, put labels on it and send it into Amazon. What I do is called FBA. So it's fulfilled by Amazon. And so I literally have a couple of boxes here in the kitchen right now of the RV that I am going to drop off tomorrow at the UPS store. It'll all go into Amazon. It will then sit there till the customer buys it. When they buy it, then Amazon ships it to them. Amazon does all the customer service. I don't have to pay for that shipping. And then I just make money when it sells. So it was really a great thing because I didn't have to hold any of the inventory here in a tiny RV. How did you decide that you wanted to do new products, do retail arbitrage from you know, discount stores selling to Amazon with new products instead of going to thrift stores and finding things and then reselling it on Poshmark or eBay? So I had a little bit of history selling on Amazon. I used to work back in the day when there was Virgin Megastores those like tourist traps that were in all the big cities. So I had worked at their corporate office out of college and we got free books and free like books on CD. So I had sold these things on Amazon, not knowing what I was doing. I just knew like, you know, from college days, you could sell textbooks. And so it's basically the same thing. So I had that history of it. I have, of course, known about eBay, but I still to this day don't really know how to sell on eBay. That's something I want to learn. And I think, I don't know if Poshmark was a thing back then. It could have been, and I just didn't know about it. So to me, it was like, I already kind of knew about Amazon and they, everyone's shopping for everything on Amazon. And one of the questions I get a lot is like, why would anyone buy it? There's people in like, you know, New York or something that don't have Walmart and Walmart's the only people that carry this, you know, particular item. And so there's all different reasons, or maybe they can't get to the store. The business really boomed during COVID because, you know, no one could go out anymore. And so everyone was buying online. So it really kind of took off in that like thing. And so I don't know, Amazon was just, I buy a lot of stuff on Amazon. It was just always there to me versus these other ones, which were like not so familiar. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's a, it's a good point to consider. I think a lot of people who have access to a lot of these stores are like, why would you buy, you know, a great value brand, something, whatever, definitely only sold at Walmart on Amazon for an increased price. And your point is exactly true. You know, either don't want to get to the store or we think of Walmart as being so ubiquitous, but closer you get to city centers, the far less Walmarts there are. So just the opportunity of not having those things available. Yeah, it's really funny because I go home. Um, I'm from Oregon. So I go home a lot because I love sourcing grocery outlet. They always have a lot of stuff. And so every time I go home, there's not a lot of Walmarts there, though, because 
it's more of a city base whereas everywhere else in the country I've been there's Walmart everywhere mm-hmm. and so it's really interesting how I'm like wow yeah I didn't really grow up going to Walmart all that often because it wasn't there do you have a favorite store that you source from it kind of changes with the season so at the moment I'm really sourcing like Tuesday morning because they have a lot of seasonal stuff for the holidays but I really prefer like that's why I go back to Oregon I love grocery outlet if you you're up on the Northeast. They have a store called Ocean State Job Lot. The majority of the country has an Ollie's. And it's really kind of that same like discounted. They got a lot of stuff. It's really fun when I'll just go around. I like literally drive all over. My sourcing days sometimes. Now, this is not normal. You don't have to do it this way. But I will go out for like 14 or 16 hours. I'll drive, including drive time. Go all over to source and I'll be like chasing this one item or a couple items. And it's, it's a lot of fun, especially sometimes I buy stuff and it'll sell out of my cart before I've even gone to the register to pay for it. And that's just crazy. (laughs) That is absolutely insane. All right. So let me walk through this and tell me if I've got the sequence down. You're going to go into a store of your choice and you've got a special Amazon app that you're going to then scan barcodes of items that are in that store. And it's going to tell you what the, the average price selling on Amazon is, and then you're going to decide whether you are or are not going to buy it at the physical store to then ship into Amazon's warehouse for them to sell it for you. Yep. So what I teach now, or I started this on YouTube, I think in late 2018, but I would just do videos because it was just so crazy to me that this could even be done and that more people weren't doing it and that it literally anyone can do it. It is a lot of work. I say it's like learning a new language because there's a lot of different ins and outs that you have to learn. But once you learn it and get over that first three to six months of it and you make your sales and you're seeing that it's working, it just drives like more wanting to go and do it. So it is really fun and anyone can do it, but not if, if you have to even I have a couple of people who in the community who do not like shopping, but now they do. So it can be done even if you don't like shopping, but it does help if you like shopping. So it sounds like this is a, a business model that you are. You can definitely sustain yourself in, but why did you, you mentioned YouTube, why did you start making videos about retail arbitrage? And then I guess, because I know the answer to this question, talk to me a little (laughs) bit more about what that turned into. Yeah. So originally I started making YouTube videos because, well, the real honest answer is that Damien, my roommate would always talk about doing YouTube videos, but wouldn't do it. And I was like, well, fine, I'm going to do it and I'm going to be better than you. So (laughs) that was why I started doing it. But it was like just like little travel vlogs. And then um, I did a little cooking show on there where I was cooking uh, through Joanna Gaines's first Magnolia Table Cookbook. And I was just kind of alternating between all these different videos. And then I started because my travel life involved selling on Amazon. I started to make videos that included that. And it came to a point where one was like, oh, I could make it. This could be its own video. And so I kind of started to do it that way. And then when I saw that those videos kind of did better, people were more interested, obviously. Sorry, but there's a lot of travel vlogs out there. But it was more interesting to make money and all that kind of stuff. So people started watching those. And so at that point, I was like, okay, well, I'll do dedicated videos. And from there, that was in like, I want to say 2019. I started doing dedicated videos and from there it just kind of took off to that. And so I just really like to help people. And a lot of YouTubers in the Amazon space won't necessarily tell you how to do it. They'll like talk about the money they're making and all that. But without the how, it's not really helping anyone Mm -hmm. besides entertainment value. 
So you're getting a lot of traction and people saying, you know, this is really cool. Thank you for showing us how to do this. But you can only help so many people with a one-way YouTube video answering. You can only answer the questions that you know of, right? And so how did you then find ways to answer and have two-way communication with the community to be able to help those people in a manner that's more than just a one-way video? Yeah. So it was at the time I was really into Instagram also, and I still do like Instagram, even though it's got its own other thing, but I was really into Instagram. So I was telling people like, oh, look at this, this is how much money I made this week sourcing. I spent this many hours and they were friends and Instagram followers who I didn't necessarily knew, but knew of them were asking me more like, how can they do it? And so through that, I started a group called the Bolo group, which is be on the lookout where you would share, it still exists. So we share leads of what we're sourcing right now, because that was the main question is what are you selling, right? That's what everyone wants to know. And unfortunately, to make money at this, you don't want what you're selling to get out there to the general public. So I can never say on a YouTube video what I'm actually buying because I need it to hold its price and make me money. Mm -hmm. But through the Bolo group, it's a small group of sellers where we are sharing it and we're all like keeping those prices stable. And so besides YouTube, how the whole community started is through the Retail Arbitrage Bolo group. And then it just kind of went from there. So we were sharing leads. It started really small. I think for like the first year, there was only 20 people in it. And then after we got there, the next question that comes up is that they're gated. So how do you get ungated? And on Amazon, gated means that you're restricted from selling it. So it can be at a brand level or it can be at a category level. So a category like toys might be gated or within toys, it might be that you can sell toys, but you can't sell Lego or Marvel or Disney, all these like really big profitable brands. So people want to know, how can you sell that? I had been through the whole process. I had gotten ungated myself. So I decided to answer that question from the community and I created a guide to help solve that problem for sellers. And so that's kind of how my whole your selling guide part of my business started where I teach people, I show them how to do it. And of course, make money through selling the guides. That's really cool. I really enjoy that you found something like, hey, I'm going to try this. We're going to see if it works. And you've, you took a passion, you know, you enjoy shopping, but you can only shop for yourself so much before you've got an abundance of, of things, especially living in an RV. And so you found a way to do that. And then you get so good at it. And so enthusiastic about it, that people start asking you questions and it turns into the business that you were doing is now turning into it, teaching other people how to do it and helping and facilitating other people getting into that space. And I really like how you are just creating community of, of people who are interested, showing them how to do it and offering those resources. What was some of the hardest parts about switching from, and I know you still do a lot of retail arbitrage yourself, but switching the mindset of, hey, I'm going to do this for myself. I'm going to try and make as much profit and therefore keeping all these things to myself to opening up and saying, I'm going to pull back or release the reins a little bit and allow some of these I think, trade secrets, I guess, out to people who are interested in taking a course or reading any book to facilitate and grow those relationships in that community. What was that like for you? Yeah, it was interesting because I'm not a salesperson. So it's really hard to like sell my stuff, but it just was through wanting to help people and figure it out. And I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. That's why I started this whole Amazon business and then moved into this other thing. But I didn't know how to make any guide. I didn't know how to sell any guide. Like all these things I had to learn. 
I didn't know how to take a subscription because the Bolo Group was a monthly subscription. I had no idea how to do that. And I just was figuring it out as I went. So I was like, I know I've paid someone on PayPal with a recurring subscription. So there must be a way. So I figured that out. I had bought a digital good on Gumroad. So I was like, oh, I can figure out how to sell it there. So it's really all just kind of learning based off of where it's leading me. And the main struggle I have is just time. I got monetized on YouTube. I think it was, I got a thousand subscribers in March, 2020. And I got monetized, I think in June, 2020. And everything just took off. The pandemic definitely helped. Yeah. But it was just crazy growth. I mean, it was great because we weren't really traveling. So it was the perfect time for it. But I worked 24 seven. I was at my desk all day, every day, and I would not recommend it. That was the main thing. If I wasn't sourcing and packing up a shipment, which is still my very favorite thing, I consider it my free time hobby now that I just love to do. I mean, we're in Q4 right now, so I am outsourcing. I just got back from two days. I have another, I now do pallet of toys now, but I have a pallet of toys hopefully not showing up during this call, but it's due today to come in. So I'll be packing that stuff up and sending it out. And that is my favorite thing to do. But I really like helping other sellers do it. And so it it fit naturally, but not having time was a real big constraint. I have all these ideas of growth that I just couldn't do. And this year, luckily, I was able to hire someone to help me full-time. It's just, it's a huge blessing that I can even offer someone a full-time reliable you know, paycheck with, we have benefits. It's just really crazy to me that all of this has happened. And it's something that I, I, like I said, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I always, you know, in the future, I don't know when I'm older, I guess I have no idea, but it was just crazy that it happened when I consider pretty young, but we live in a great age where if you have a hobby or passion or something, there's some way you can monetize that. And so I think it's really, hopefully if it's not selling on Amazon, there's something out there that the listeners love to do that they can somehow create this community around and monetize it. I had a big problem asking people for money. I'm not a salesperson. In fact, when I did my course, I had it at a lower price and people were questioning why it was so cheap. And so I was like, okay. And it sold more when I increased the price. It was so weird. (laughs) So I've gotten over that a little bit. Yeah. But I still like all my stuff is, I know when you're a new seller, you don't have a lot of money. Some people do, but most people, this is their side hobby. They're doing it while they have a full-time job. And so I priced everything to be within budget of a new seller specifically. Mm -hmm. So what is a, you said you hired someone to help you full-time. What kind of things are they doing? What are the things that you offloaded to ease your plate and allow you to do more? I have, I think five right now, six Facebook groups and they're all around a different offering. So I've got literally three Bolo groups at the moment two on gating guide groups, and then they have the beginner course group. So she helps me, Jocelyn, she helps me with managing the groups because the Bolo groups are spreadsheets of all the leads. So she data entries, all of that. She helps me do my emails now and just all this stuff that I can't believe I was doing. Like, I Mm. don't know how I had the time. And so it's really great because through that, I'm going to be able to hopefully next year have live meetups and a conference. And that's my goal we might even be hiring a third, second person, third team member. So it was something that I've never, in, I've never had this, like I've never interviewed someone before. I didn't know the job is flexible. Like it could be this or it could be that. So it was, that was another, I have a lot of that imposter syndrome where why me, am I good enough for that? And so 
actually finding someone I knew right away when I interviewed her, like she was the one I could just tell that we clicked and she's so great. We text all the time. Like it's just been a really nice working relationship there. And we're going to go in January somewhere, travel and just relax, reload and plan our 2023. Now, in addition to doing all this retail arbitrage and all of this building your selling guide, you also launched not one, but two RV related magazines. Talking about how that process went, you did sound like you were you booked 24 seven to begin with. How did you fit in working with Damien and, and launching two different magazines in the past couple of years? Yeah, that was crazy too. So Damien, when we first took off, he, I love magazines too. And now that we're stationary, we have a whole stack of magazines between mine and his, but he has run magazines in the past. He's had local magazines out of SoCal. And so he got let go from the company that he took off on the road with. And so he was like, okay, now I want to start this magazine. We had talked about it before while he was still working. Um, and I was like, okay, yeah, sure. I love reading magazines, but I, I don't know anything about making them. So mm-hmm. he had made them before. So he knew all the ins and outs of that. Like I said, I love Instagram. And so I was really involved in the RV Instagram community. So I took over on the social media part of it. And we started with Rootless Living in 2019, I think, towards the end, we like is when we start, I think we did. Yeah, we did a Kickstarter. And so it was really something he was super passionate about. And I was excited to do it because at the time I had time. Um, <laughs> I was still just doing YouTube videos and selling on Amazon. It had, didn't really have and the one bolo group. I didn't really have anything else. And then that started to take off. And in I can't remember when I know we hired in March, we hired Jess to kind of take over. So I did the contacting people to write through Instagram and I would like get their articles and save their images and all that kind of stuff. And we hired someone to kind of take over that daily of what I was doing. And I'm still was on as the editor, like, I, cause I just have that editing. Like I can see when something's wrong or need the photo needs to be moved <laughs> much to Damien's dismay where I'm like, put it over two two taps that way. Um, <laughs> drives him crazy. Uh, so then he wanted to do more of an RV magazine, like for RV owners, not just that niche of, you know, full-time or that full-time like spirit, maybe if you're part-time, but you still like, you have that spirit of, you want to get out there. You don't want to be tied to one place. You want to explore, do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Get unstuck is how he always says it. So then we did RV today at the end of 2021. I think we're coming up on our first year, Yeah, but I have stepped away from that. I'm still you know, partner in it, but I'm out of the day to day because I just could not. So that is all him. And we have a full team. It's kind of, it's crazy how much it's grown, but it's exciting. So now we, yeah, we're kind of separated on that part. Very cool. Very cool. That's crazy. It just, it's kind of, in my entrepreneurial journey, it's been the same way. Like once you start going down that, that side of the slope, things just speed up. All these ideas, all these different projects, and they all seem to come flooding out of the fire hose. Going back to your selling guide, the actual sourcing versus the teaching sourcing. If you wanted to, and you could stay up to date on current practices, could you stop sourcing yourself and just create enough income to teaching people retail arbitrage? Oh yeah, for sure. I make way more money teaching than I do selling. That is hands down. I just really enjoy sourcing and selling. And mm-hmm. as far as that aspect of my business, I have so much more growth mm-hmm. I can do on the actual Amazon selling side. So like we're going to start 
building out a shop here and that's going to be like my warehouse, which I've always dreamed of having a warehouse so that I can hopefully buy more wholesale, like instead of retail and just really grow that. That's my goal. I have a lot of dreams for that side of it, but I could totally, I would never, I, it also wouldn't feel right to be teaching it and not doing it to me, but I could stop if I wanted to. And so what does a normal week look like for you now? A normal week, I do every, so I go sourcing every other week now because if I go sourcing, let's say I go on a Monday, then I'll be packing it up for the next two or three days and taking it to the UPS store. So that's pretty much almost a full week right there. And then I am in my Facebook groups answering questions and all that kind of stuff. And I write videos. So I do that one week and then I have the alternate week where I will film videos, write the videos, edit the videos. And I've kind of got a system down because I burnt myself out in 2020 in the first half of 2021. I really have a goal. So I just want to work three days a week. Um, that's my goal to get everything done. So I'm editing a video, filming a video, like whatever that looks like within three days. I don't always do it, but I am taking days off where I didn't before. And so that was my goal is to just take days off. Talk to me about the burnout. How did you get to the crux of understanding, hey, too much and I need to pull back and then facilitating that schedule of trying to pull back and taking, you know, as an entrepreneur, I'm sure my brain is this way and I can guess yours is the same as well. It's really hard to shut that knob off, to turn off the thoughts of all the little things you could be doing or should be doing. Should is a terrible word and I shit on myself all the time. But all <laughs> of the, the things that you know, your brain's like, well, if we just do this, if we do that. But I think there's a lot of little things that people do do and some of them move the needle and some of them do not. I guess to rephrase my question, what does it look like when you got to the point of knowing, hey, I need to either restructure this or pull back and how did you? Yeah, I knew I needed to hire someone. There was just no way that I could physically keep going. And I knew it's kind of funny because I feel like maybe, I don't know, two or three years ago, like, or maybe even still today, I don't know, people are talking about burnout like it's a badge of honor and it's awful. I wish I would have hired someone sooner. I just wasn't confident in it. I, I totally had the money to, I just wasn't confident or couldn't take the time to put up a job description. It was little things like that, that I would let get in the way. And actually now that I have more time, I'll like have better ideas to go for instead of just always being down on myself for not doing X, 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 like there's some days where I don't even open Facebook because I just can't. I need the day off where before I wouldn't allow myself to do that. And they're not missing me. I'll still see it the next day when I log on. But I had to like set those boundaries for myself because it was just, I was sitting on the beach at Magnolia Beach, Texas, which is amazing, by the way, if you want to go boondock there. But I was there working on my course, staring out at the ocean, and I couldn't go out there because I said this at the conference, I have a bikini addiction. It is really weird. I have so thousands of dollars of bikinis that I just can't stop buying, but I couldn't even go out there and wear them because I was sitting at my desk doing the course because I had put out an arbitrary date that it would be done that did not matter. I could have taken a break. So there's been a lot of learning through the burnout, but I just really hope people just don't get burnt out. Like take the day off. Everything will be fine. Mm -hmm. It's hard to Keep yourself to a schedule, but also realize as an entrepreneur, most of those dates are arbitrary. You're not the first person that I've heard say, you know, I just interviewed Bryce and Elliot 
go from the journals. And uh, Bryce is like, you know, I skipped out on a annual trip that I have with my brothers because I needed to stay at the campground we're building. And he's like, Josh, it's still not done. And we are seven months later. It really didn't matter, but I missed out on that opportunity with my brothers. You missed out on being on the beach. It's hard to realize. Yeah, I don't know. I, there's no answer. I think you just have to get to the point of bumping against that wall yourself to figure out, hey, this really didn't matter because it's almost, we get it from every direction and every platform of this is important. That's important. This is important. Well, there can only be so many important things. It all be important. Otherwise, it's like, not everyone can be special because then nothing is special. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's no easy way to, you can tell people about your story until you face, but I don't bump against that but themselves before you feel it and until you feel it, don't quite understand. Yeah, there's, if there's one thing I could have, would have done different. It was just, I mean, the whole time to hire someone, it probably took me all in maybe three weeks. If I would have mm-hmm. just taken that step six months prior, it would have helped me out a lot, but I just couldn't take that time to stop and do it. And there's, there's little things like that, that if I could have done that, it would have, you know, alleviated down the road, but I was just so hopped up in the day-to-day, got to do this, got to do this, these little things that need to get done. So looking back, a big piece of advice for you to tell yourself just to hire sooner. Yeah. And it came down to the imposter syndrome, like why me, who do I think I am, all that kind of stuff that I still have to this day, but it's just like, you know what? No, it's fine. I can do it. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Like what bad is going to happen? Right. So jumping back a little bit into retail arbitrage, who is this not for? Who is this business model? Someone, you know, it sounds great as an RVer to be able to go in, get stuff, send it off to Amazon, not have it in your rig for extended periods of time. But I can't imagine it's right for everybody. Who is it not for? It is not for someone who needs money right away. Um, You won't get any kind of substantial payout for probably two months. You won't really see any payout for four to six weeks. And I say by the six month is when you probably really start getting it rolling. So I've had people, not necessarily RVers, but I've had people email me and be like, I have these bills to pay. And I want to be like, then go get a nine to five job because this is not going to pay your bills right away. So it's not for that. It is, I think, super ideal for an RVer because you get, instead of chasing that one item through your one little city where you live, you actually can chase it across the country or in a couple of different states or whatever your travel schedule is. So I'm able to replan things more often as an RVer than I can now that I'm more stationary. However, I still do drive all over the state. But you don't have to know anything about business or taxes. You don't need to have a business license or an LLC or anything like that. You can literally just start it however you are if you want to. I have people who start it just want to see if it works. But those people who are like get rich quick kind of thing, it is not that at all. You, you will work not passive by any means you were absolutely going to work if you don't source and send product in you're not going to be making any money so if you want a passive income this is not for you very cool going forward what is your plan what does it look like for the rest of the year and then moving on in the future what are you going to be focusing on what are you excited about Well, I'm really excited because we're in the holiday Q4 season. So that's always hot for retail. So the rest of the year, I really, I have almost all my videos for YouTube done because all I'm going to be doing is out there sourcing because I'm hoping to sell basically what I sold the first half of the year in the next three months. But other than that, I have 
I'll just be in my groups doing that. And then next year, I'm really, I'm going to hopefully start a podcast around Amazon selling and selling in general. I'm going to be having live in-person events, which I've always done. I had done that back in my fitness days. I love a meetup. I love bringing people together. I'm a little bit of an introvert, so I don't necessarily like the small talk with people, but I do love to bring people together and make them happy. (laughs) It's very weird. That's my big goal is to do that and then just keep on helping sellers get started and helping them along their journey. It's very cool to me that people credit me for their success, but they are the one who did this. I just helped lead them down the path, but they're the one putting in the hours. They're the one putting in all the work. So they built it themselves. I'm just helping them show the way. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. I, I told you when we talked at the RV Entrepreneur Roundtable that I was not doing content creation, that retail arbitrage would be something I would definitely be jumping to. And I think it's really cool that not only is it something you enjoy doing and that comes through in the way that you're teaching people, but you took away something that you were doing and the best teachers are the doers. And you're so excited about the doing that the teaching comes easy because you're like, yeah, this is just, this is, I wake up thinking about this. And so I want to share. And it's just, it's really cool to me that you've taken something that you enjoy doing, you're teaching about it and fulfilling a need. And yeah, I can't imagine, I can't imagine how cool those messages must be when people are like, yeah, I took your course, I read your ebook. And now we're providing full-time income through retail arbitrage to our family has a lot of severe X, Y, and Z. I can only imagine you've gotten a handful of those emails. It's just, it's super cool. And I think it's just, I don't know, I get excited about it. And it's super awesome to hear that you're getting that feedback because it's a really cool model. And especially for everyone after the pandemic who's like, I want to get out and travel. I don't want to wait until I'm 65. You know, this is a, a business model that fits everyone because even as an RVer, I just ordered a bunch of stuff from Amazon that's going to get mm-hmm. delivered to an Amazon locker. So the infrastructure is growing as well. You know, it, you don't have to have a sticks and bricks to be shopping on Amazon anymore. And I think it's just the cycle is spinning and it's just the wheels getting bigger. So that's really cool. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I highly recommend just even trying out as a hobby. There's a lot of families who do it together, husband, wife, there's single mom. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to get out there and do something. And if it doesn't work and you only have a certain amount of money that you put into it, you're only out that certain amount of money. But if you want it to work, I'm all about your mindset. If you want it to work, it will absolutely work. Even within your budget. I started with a thousand dollars. So I didn't start with a whole lot and I grew it. I was a six figure seller within the first year. So it's definitely possible from the road. That absolutely pulls thousand dollars up front cost. You know, if you don't have $1,000, you can go work at Walmart for two months and save up $1,000 in addition to your list. And then still within the next 10 to 12 months, yeah, that blows my blood. Absolutely. Super cool. Yeah. <laughs> so if someone is interested in learning more about this and they're excited to check out retail arbitrage and what it could mean for them, I know you've got a ton of content out there to help describe it more, facilitate learning about it, and also sell courses that walk you step-by-step through getting into it. Go ahead and, and spend a few minutes and talk about the products that you're offering. Where people buy that. Yeah. So I have my YouTube channel is Nikki Kirk, N-I-K-K-I-K-I-R-K. That's where I have all of my content out. There's a new seller specific playlist that you can check out, but I take you sourcing with me. I go through the like how to specific different things. And then I have the beginner FBA Amazon selling course, 
which all of this is at yoursellingguide.com, or you can get the course at beginnerfba.com, whichever is easier to go uh, remember. But I have the course that walks you through. It's 16 video lessons, step-by-step walking you through all of it. It has a written transcript, and it also has an audio download, so you can listen on the go if you want to. And then I have the, once you're, if you're already selling or if you want your start selling and you're trying to figure out what to buy, there's the Bolo group, which is the lead list group. But more than anything, these groups and what I have been trying to help people understand is you grow your business so much more by connecting with other sellers. You learn so much, you hear of things you just never would have thought of. So I have the Bolo group, which is leads, like you're going to get leads of what to look for while you're outsourcing, like what we bought this week. But you also have that community to ask questions when something goes wrong or something comes up because something is always coming up in Amazon. There's always something weird popping up or something changes. So you just have to be flexible in that way. But having other sellers asking like, hey, this happened. What do you do? And then I have ungating guides. Like I said, you might be restricted in a beauty or grocery category. And so they walk you through that. And I have other bolo group, like there's a Q4 bolo group, but that is only during Q4. But that is what I've got just to help sellers if they need it. You don't have to buy anything from me. You can learn from me just straight from YouTube if that's what you want. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really cool about how you've been giving out your information. You know, if you don't want to pay for a course, you can find all this information for free online and through experimentation. But there is definitely something to be said about taking a paid course that someone walks you through step-by-step because sometimes the order in which you learn things exponentially increases your efficiency and your effectiveness so that you get to the end point that much faster. And I think that's that's the cool thing about your offerings is that it gets you from point A to point B in a straight line without the wander meandering YouTube rabbit holes that people get going down because it's, it is all information you can figure out on your own, but sometimes it's really efficient and it speeds you up to go and take a course and get from point A to point B in a straight line. Oh, for sure. That's that's my learning style. I took a course because I like someone telling me what to do and how to do it without me trying to figure it out online. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I think we could get into nitty gritty details and talk about this all day, but I think I'm going to forward people to the podcast that is, you said you're going to be releasing. So whenever that comes out, I think if you're interested <laughs> in this, guys, go and check out, definitely check out all of her, Nikki's YouTube stuff and her courses as well. Sounds like maybe there's podcasts coming though for all you audio listeners. But Nikki, thank you for taking the time out of your day. I know it's Q4 for you and can time an hour out of the day to source and or pack and or list is precious time. So thank you for taking the time to join us and, and just share a little bit about your business on the road and how others can get involved into it. I will make sure to put all of your links into the show notes as well. And uh, yeah, thanks again. Yeah, thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed that interview. The retail arbitrage business is something that I personally think is super interesting. If content creation was off the table for me, it's something that I definitely pursue. I really enjoy a good treasure hunt. Be sure to join the RV Entrepreneur group on Facebook and let us know what you're currently working on. You can find us at therventrepreneur.com slash Facebook group. And while I won't see you on the next episode, I'll be sure to be back with you early next year. Happy trails, entrepreneurs.